the podcast with everything paranormal. This is the 222 Paranormal Podcast, celebrating our sixth season, five years, five with years. Jen That's and me. Joe. Your favorite super duo, <laughs> brother and sister. Here again. Joseph Dean. To rock your, rock your world. Joe Dean. Yes. What's up? Nothing. Uh, We have t-shirts for sale. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. And? And? Oh, we also have paranormal journals available on Amazon. So if you go to, um, just type in Jennifer Shortridge on Amazon. And I will have a link on our website. Yeah, we'll have that up there. You can get your ghost hunting journal and your paranormal journal. You know, if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed to us yet, please, please hit that subscribe button. If you're on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. Uh, We don't ask for ratings that much, but in iTunes, it does make a difference. So if you can, give us a five-star review and say something nice about the show. It would definitely mean a lot to us. So anyways, we are on our second day of asylums. And we have a special one because we are actually there. Yes. Joe and I made a little trek with some of our uh, paranormal friends to Winchester, Indiana. A very interesting small town yes. in Indiana. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Um. So we, we went, you guys have probably seen on um, some of the ghost shows, uh, Randolph Asylum. Mm-hmm. Also known as Randolph Infirmary, Poor Farm, Workhouse, yeah, and uh, uh, Randolph Mental. It, it had many, many names over the years. So, um, you know, it might be called different things, but mm-hmm. it is, you know, was at one time a poor house. It was a completely self-sufficient farm. So if you lived at the poor house and you were able to work... You worked mm-hmm. <laughs> unless you were mentally or physically incapable. Yeah. You contributed to if you were there and, and living there, then you you had something to do. Yeah, everybody had their little assignments, um, whether it be in the kitchen, whether it be mechanical or working out on the farm, taking care of the chickens. Yeah, they had chickens. Oh. Um, there was it, it was a very interesting property because when you know it was built in eighteen ninety nine. There was um, a barn. There was uh, what they had like a blacksmith shop. They had the actual farming, you know, mm-hmm. of, of food. There was a chicken coop. Chicken coop's still there. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. What else did they have? Oh, well, gosh, pretty much everything. A that slaughterhouse. You would, yeah, that's right. They had a slaughterhouse. A, it's still animal there. Animal husbandry, which basically is breeding animals. Oh, okay. It's a pretty big complex. It was. And it wasn't the first. The, the one that they're now it was the third building that they put up because the other you know the first one got too small the other one caught on fire mm-hmm. and one of the buildings that's still there actually was part of the underground railroad yeah. which is very interesting I, I didn't realize that i didn't either and it sits on is it 127 or 27 whatever the main road is that it, it sits on you guys can look it up right like <laughs> got, y'all got google um i wasn't prepared for that question i'm sorry it was a rhetorical question <laughs> uh so anyways that was that was the path that the slaves took from the south up yeah. to the north on their way into canada all right i've got the address it's 1882 us 27 south winchester indiana just give you a little background about the building itself now, we'll go into the interview. We did interview Tim Murphy, who is a very important person to this 
to mm-hmm. this building. He is caretaker and the guide for all of the ghost hunting. Um, but I wanted to just let you know, like, how did this come about, right? So back in the early 1800s, there was a need for a place for destitute people to go. Like, we don't have these now. We have, like, you know, homeless shelters and, and whatnot. But back in those days, there were no Buddy, there was nobody mm-hmm. to take care of the elderly, the sick, the mental people with mental disabilities. Mm-hmm. Or, I know there's a new name for it. I'm sorry if I'm yeah. saying the wrong um, vernacular, but uh, you or know, or even the homeless back then. Yeah, because yeah. there were a lot of homeless people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these infirmaries and poor houses were a place that widows could go because mm-hmm. their husbands would die in the um, wars, and then they would lose their home because it was very hard for a woman to have a job back in the early and mid-1800s and going into the late 1800s. So the county bought a house to house these poor people who were either unable to work, mentally or physically disabled, single mothers, elderly, and orphans too. We, we mm-hmm. did hear that, you know, there were orphans sent there from like age 6 to 12. I don't think they took the infants in, and maybe they did at some point, but they wanted some, like back then, kids were, they used kids for labor, right? <laughs> so, like, if you're 12 years old, you're working the land. They constructed the building, and it burned down, right? So there's a fire in January of 1854. They created a new building, and then they decided they were going to house some inmates in there. So, you know, you probably got your town drunks or your town mm-hmm. thieves or whatever going in there. So there were 16 inmates sent there at one time the population was put together so men women children everybody's together right there's big common space areas in that when the prisoners come in i think that's at the point where they had to separate the the men and the women okay for obvious reasons that was kind of weird because right down the middle of the building is a wall on all all three Mm -hmm. main floors and it's i caught i thought that was kind of strange but tim did say that that wall was put there later, so yeah. they must have separated them. But Gotta keep the them neat separated. thing about this place is, you know, we talk about these asylums, and we talk about all the bad stuff that they did to the to the people that live there. Mm-hmm. I don't think this happened there. I think, I mean, I'm sure there was some kind of medication type deal stuff, but there wasn't the waterboarding. There yeah. wasn't the the water therapy. There wasn't the electroshock therapy. You know, stuff like that, I don't think happened there. Maybe in later, maybe in the 40s or 50s. But, you know, the majority of um, the people that were there in the early Mm -hmm. history of the building, it was more a place where people who had nowhere to go were sent. So once they constructed the structure that's there right now, it's like 50,000 square feet. It has six large wards, uh, separate dining rooms for the men and women. Um, it had a pump house, a barn, a hay barn, a machine shed, a garage, a cell house, two garages, a chicken house, <laughs> and um, the cemetery that is actually right on the property. Yeah. There's actually, there's two cemeteries, mm-hmm. but we you can only access one. Yeah, the other one's on state property, and we'll let you go back there. Yeah. So in 2018. 2008 and 2009, there were still five residents that lived there, and that at that time uh, they closed the it as an actual you know infirmary. It was purchased in 2016 by the gentleman who owns it now, and this as we get into the interview mm-hmm. with him, you'll hear a little bit more about that. 
But it's interesting. There are f- at least 50 unmarked graves. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. It's like it's not and like you have to walk way back to get it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like right and behind the, the Tim uh, shed. put up some metal work on each corner so you know where it's at. Yeah. And in the interview, we do mention about what Tim is doing for that cemetery. And so let's get in the interview. Um, we got to interview Tim Murphy. He is one of the caretakers. He's a one of the tour guides, and he did give us a good tour. He told us all about the different things that happened there different places to look and stuff and if you can do a ghost hunt there because it is an amazing place and we'll tell you what happened to us mm-hmm. after we get done with the interview so let's talk to tim now i left it unedited in case you know you might hear some evps so take a listen and tell me what if you hear any evps because we were in the haunted location we'll be right back all right and so we are inside Randolph County Asylum, finally, and we have Tim Murphy with us, the fabulous Tim <laughs> Murphy, right. the world famous, infamous, oh. world famous parahor, <laughs> Tim Murphy. That is Welcome true. to the show, Tim. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us here at the Randolph County Infirmary. Hey, we are in Winchester, Indiana. We so made it all the way to Indiana. I, I know. We, were, yeah. we only had one flat tire. That yeah. was it. <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. And then two That's new the first tires. flat tire we've ever had to out paraconning. Yeah. All our years <laughs> of adventures. Awesome. Yeah. So this is the kickoff of the sixth season. So welcome. We're really, really excited to have you here, have you on the show. And what a fabulous place this is. It is. Tell us a little bit about like your history of like how you got here how did you come to this beautiful old you weren't a patient were you haunted no room? i wasn't okay. patient okay <laughs> impatient. I, pretty much well how i got here was <clears throat> i was out dinking around one day and i was was backtrack i got blown up in a work accident mm-hmm. and i got buried under 30 feet of rock and then once they dug us out i was in a wheelchair for two years Okay, once I got out of the wheelchair, <clears throat> I was able to walk. I got back on my motorcycle. So I was just out tooling around one day. And, I i mean, I'm two hours from home right now. So I'm 118 miles away. And I was taking back country roads, and I ended up here. And I saw a guy. I just pulled up here, and I was looking at the place. And I saw a guy come out, and he asked me, can I help you? I said, dude, something just brought me here. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> he said, you want to check it out? I go, sure. So he took me around this place and I kept telling him this needs fixed, this needs fixed. And at the end of it, he goes, you really know how to fix all this stuff? And I go, yeah. So he handed me some keys. He goes, I'm the owner. <laughs> Come back and fix the roof. So I did. And I've been here five and a half years now. That's awesome. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It and is- it's such so trust. Just here, here, dude. Yeah. Just fix it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. so interesting. Just going back when you got blown up, um, did you have any type of near-death experience with that? Or did you, like, think this is it? This is the end? Like, you're under 30 feet of rubble, you said? Yeah. I, wow. I've been I've been through a lot. Let's okay. put it that way. I've been shot, stabbed twice, three motorcycle wrecks, a shot I-75 down twice, wow. you know. You're the cat with nine lives. I've had two Murphy. strokes, you know, from that accident. Mm-hmm. And something just brought me here. Mm-hmm. And I should be dead. 
I had to identify my brother's body when he was 22 and I was 24. Oh, man. So, I mean, you've been through I it. <laughs> shouldn't be here. So, but I am here now and something brought me here and I don't know what it is, but I'm here and I, and I know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys, hopefully you find a lot of activity tonight. But I can tell you that it is here. Now, when you're here and you're by yourself, do you feel at peace here? Like, are, are the residents who are still here, like, do you feel their appreciation that you're here? Do you feel scared? Do you feel like you're just not alone? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes to all, right? Uh, I know that I'm not alone. <clears throat> and every now and then, the owner, Dan Allen, and our our manager, Kate, will get phone calls like, do you know a Tim Murphy? Because my name will come up on people's meters. Oh. And okay. Dan texts back to him one time, uh, we have a Tim Murphy that works here. So, but I do know that what is here knows that I'm not going to tear it up. That mm-hmm. They know that. I'm here to fix the place. Yeah. And I'm sure they appreciate, <clears throat> you know, you putting the the care into the place that they spent most of their lives at. Some of them did spend their whole life here. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, you know, you've, I, we, you know, with the walkthrough that you brought us through, it's amazing what you have done, um, you know, just with the electrical and I was going through and I just, I have a great appreciation for old buildings and I love woodwork. And I like that, you know, the natural and the old original woodwork is still here because a lot of times you get into these buildings and people, they just have over the years torn things out and paint over them. Paint, oh yeah. It's, it's an amazing building. What was your first paranormal experience (laughs) you had in the building? My first paranormal experience is when we were, sorry, when we were, cleaning out the sewer because nobody could go to the bathroom here and i brought uh a plumber from finley ohio down over here with me and while we're snaking the sewer out all the doors were slamming in the back and it kind of i thought it was pretty cool because Mm -hmm. just me dan and charlie were in here and the doors were slamming in the back of the building and charlie was a like I told you, he was a patchwork member of the Outlaws, and he and he wussed out. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. And we're just in here, and he got scared, and he says he never wants to come back. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that that activity was because they were thinking, "Oh my gosh, they're going to fix it up, so more people are going to come back," or do you think it was like, "Hey, we're here, we're here," and just trying to get noticed? I really don't know, but it took time before everything felt at peace in here Mm -hmm. because someone coming in screwing around because there was in the beginning there was a lot of animosity of the people that were here Um, i mean talking about the owner and the sub owner or mm -hmm. the person that thought he owned it there was a lot of infighting with uh with everybody that was here and i do know that uh that is done and it's over with what is going on right now is everybody that does work here, we all work together and it's harmonious. Oh, wow. That's a weird word, but yeah. everybody gets along mm-hmm. before. And I, and I know that whatever is here felt that. 
And now what I do get from what is in here is they're cool with us. Okay. They're cool with Dan and I and Rich and Ted and Stan that we're all working together mm-hmm. instead of all the infighting. Yeah. Yeah, you have that kind of emotion or, you you know, you, you know, like if you've ever been in a place where maybe somebody had just had an argument and you walk yep. in the room, you feel that tension, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yep. and, you know. And you think about all the years that people have been here and a lot of them were, you know, I, I hate to use the word mental, but mental. Yeah. And they, that stress just got on them and they get worse and it builds up and builds up and when you were talking about the door slamming, what made me think is they were to me, maybe saw you guys trying to tear the place apart. They didn't understand what you were doing Yeah, and started slamming on the doors, trying to get you guys out. That's what popped in my head when you said that. Now, you know, this was a a workhouse. It was a poor farm. Yes. Poor farm workhouse. Um, There was, there's a slaughterhouse. There's a chicken coop. Um, there is a cemetery here. Um, does, was there any civil war activity around this area or that was reported? Did they use this at all, this building at all during that time? No. Okay. No. Right. The, not that I know of. The building that, the second building that was here mm-hmm. was a stop on the Underground Railroad. Oh, okay. Uh, there was, I don't, I don't know if there's any fighting up here, but there was a General Stone that was in town that we also have his, mansion that he built okay so that's in our in our organization also okay great now tell us a little bit about what you have done to restore the place just uh, (laughs) everything right not me not just me uh the first thing that i did here was a beam in the attic was broken and um, if it didn't get fixed the roof would have collapsed within a year So I brought some channel iron from back home and I drilled through it and then I drilled through the beam and I jacked the beam up and I put the bolts through the channel iron to the other side through the wood and I fixed that beam. That was the first thing I did here. And then it's been a collective where we've all been working on it. Mm -hmm. And right now it's just, the ones that are basically working on it is is Dan Allen, Rich Allen, and myself. Okay. So every now and then we get volunteers, and that's a fiasco. <laughs> they want to help, but they come in here, and then they don't help too much. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. And, you know, when you, you're in a building like this, you have to know what you're doing because you can make it worse before you make it better. Oh, yeah. Or, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm just looking up at like the plaster ceiling. I see the original um, slat boards, yeah. <laughs> you know, the beautiful windows. You know, I mean, you have windows here that have been here since the 1800s. It's 1899. Gorgeous. Just gorgeous. And people are careless and they broke a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. And people steal stuff. Yeah. When you said that, I'm like, and but yeah, How do people you keep are stupid. People out of here. Yeah. Well, you know? we got cameras everywhere now, mm-hmm. so we will oh, catch great. you. Yeah, that's great. Now, have you ever been here and found somebody inside the building when you were here? I find them outside. Oh, okay. I find them outside. When we first got, when Dan first got this, people were breaking in downstairs and we would catch people in here Hmm. and then they run. Yeah. 
I was I was surprised because from the outside it's, it looks giant, but when you get inside, it's like I can't believe like how long the halls are and how many floors there are and how many rooms there are. And I was like, I'm just getting a little dizzy. Like I don't know which way to go because like mm -hmm. if I was just on in here all by myself, I'd be like, I'm lost. <laughs> it's fifty eight thousand square foot it's here. Massive. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we've already we've been here we did the tour but we're already getting experience or evidence yeah we're already yeah. seeing yeah, yeah. shadows yeah, um, we have Rhonda here and she's yeah Rhonda's with us and, and she has already picked up on many <laughs> spirits of men and women and where did you say there was a soldier outside you saw a soldier yeah. there was there's a soldier she picked up on a, outside in a blue uniform so you know it's just a beautiful building and you know please if you ever do ghost hunt respect the building yeah yes. right because anywhere you go if you don't they're not going to be here for us to do this no and our organization we do have this building we have a mansion just in town two miles away we have a jail in hartford city indiana we have a speakeasy from the 1920s over there and i am going to have a speakeasy a roaring 20s party <gasps> In Let the speakeasy, and uh, we have a band from, that's going to be playing Roaring Twenties oh, music. Oh, I love it! We have that. We have a church that looks just like the church from Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I am going to be having a Rocky Horror Picture Show party in the church because it looks just like the church. How the movie starts out. That is and amazing. Yeah, a, you got to let us know because I'll, I'll definitely come yeah. to We have a school inside Ohio. It's in a little town called Ohio City. There's two oh, Ohio okay. cities in Ohio. One's up by <laughs> Cleveland, and the other one's in Van Wert County. It's only an hour <laughs> and 15 minutes away from here. I did here. not know that. And we, it's, uh, it's a big old school built in 1927. It's got three floors. It's got a gymnasium. Is there activity? Yeah, because I there? was over there. I know this one person's there. Because I was over there and uh, I was looking for a trash can and Dan told me where it was at. I had him on the phone and as I walked around the gym, I saw a blue car and, <clears throat> pardon me, mm -hmm. The I walked around and I said, Dan, there's someone here. And he goes, did you see the driver? I said, nope. And as I walked around the car, I saw someone sitting down and I said, looks like he got his butt kicked. He's all bloody. Oh. And as I got closer, I the the smell was atrocious. And as I got close to him, I could see that half his head was gone, <gasps> and the gun was in his lap. And I called the cops, and the coroner got there, and they said he was out there cooking in the sun for four to five days. Oh, and man. after they bagged and tagged him and took him away, I said, "Aren't you going to clean that up?" There was congealed blood about an inch and a half under underneath him. And parts of his skull that still had the hair on it was on the one side. And I said, aren't you going to clean that up? And they said, no, let Mother Nature take care of it. Uh. So after they bagged and tagged him and took him away, I cleaned all that stuff up. And I put it in a, bo in a box and I buried it out back. Okay. Um. Now, when we go over there, when I have people over there investigating, his name comes up on the meter. Oh, wow. oh okay. And when I'm over there, I can feel my hair standing up on my left arm like yeah. he's still there. Okay. Wow. So, and yeah. I do, I know where he's buried. I'm not ever going to tell anybody mm -hmm. where it's at because I don't want people going over yeah. there and digging him up. Yeah. Because, right. yeah. you know, how freaky people get. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm about, <laughs> I was like, I'm, come a, on. I'm a crackpot, but I'm not that. <laughs> but, no, but that, that but is a really it is amazing an thing place. that you did. It is so, a very active yeah. place over there. 
And there's bats too. Yeah, we love bats. <laughs> We've had so, our encounters with bats. What's the general, I want to say general, but what kind of activity do you have here at the Randolph Asylum? Um, I have a bunch. Okay. When I'm when I'm in bed, when I'm sleeping here, mm-hmm. I'll get woke up two or three times a night like someone's sitting on the edge of my bed. Okay. Okay? And I'm used to it. I was, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I was dating this lady one time, and it got a lot for me to, get her to stay here and i really didn't want to be with her anymore <laughs> so she stayed here and she felt like she's told me she felt like she got beat up all night long and i went and then she goes uh where are you going where are we doing this weekend i says i'm going to the asylum after about three weekends she didn't want to be with me no more it's like yay <laughs> oh so, uh but I, that when i'm sleeping up there that uh i was gonna get it for you rhonda but when I'm sleeping up there, I get woke up. When I'm walking down the hallways, uh, I'll see something ahead of me, and then it takes off and goes to the left or to the right. When I'm out in the chicken coop, I'll hear stuff out there. And <clears throat> especially up in the attic, when I'm doing live Facebook stuff, mm-hmm. people will see on my Facebook shadows walk in front wow. of the camera. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, so when you go up there... If you're up there, you turn the light on in the front, on the front part, you sit in the back part, and you can see people or figures walk through the light. And if the chairs are up front, you can see the light flicker off the chairs. Wow. Like people are walking through there. Amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) When I'm down in the kitchen, I'll hear stuff in the, uh, you know, in the chow, in the dining halls. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just when you're down in the, you'll just see shadows go in front of you. And if you're quiet, you'll hear a lot of stuff. Like up in the attic, you'll hear music sometimes. Okay. So it's just, I'm here all the time. Mm -hmm. So I know what's going on here. You know, you guys are just here tonight. I hope you get a lot of activity. I hope you get a lot of evidence. But I see it and I feel it all the time when yeah. I'm here. Is there any spirits of children here? Yes. Okay. Yes, there is. Okay. Especially up in the attic. Okay. We okay. did have hanging on the wall out there, but like I said, we had some problems with people here, management, you know, people that were working here. We had a piece of black plastic that we brought down from up in the attic mm-hmm. that had little kids footprints all over it mm. and wow. we had it framed and it was hanging up out here uh-huh. in the hallway but when someone we we asked them to leave and they came in and they stole it but oh, we geez. just you know we'll, we'll put another piece of plastic up and hopefully we'll get it yeah in. but you know it wasn't worth going after them mm-hmm. but you know that's we've had people terrible. here that just you know we got a good crew that's here now it it's taken a while mm-hmm but we got a good crew. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but I'm going to be here till they tell me to go. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Um, what else, Joey? What else do we I want just, to know? I just, you know, it, it, it always blows my mind when I come into places like this. And, you know, you hear a lot of the infirmary stories about how bad the treat, treatment was with the patients and all that. And, you know, I kind of looked this place up and I didn't really see that that much here. I think this was m- more of a mellow place. But I did see a jail cell upstairs. 
can you give us a little bit of history behind the jail cell? The jail cell got brought out here in 1940. Okay. There was a retired judge that was actually staying here because he had no family and he was actually paying so he could stay here. And he had that jail cell brought out here because they were tearing down the jail in Winchester and they were building a new one. So, and that jail cell dates back to the 1850s. Okay. So they brought it out here, they cut it up and they put it together in there and he would have mock trials in here and like people steal a comb, their pants or pudding, whatever. And they'd get put in there for a little bit. Okay. And then the city of Winchester was using it also as a drunk tank. Oh, so they'd bring their drunks out here Mm -hmm. and put them in there. So that has some history of what was brought out here. In 1940. Do you think any kind of residual hauntings come from that cell? I was in here with a couple people from Australia. Mm -hmm. Okay. I met them up at Michigan Paracon. Uh And I saw them in there and I got to talk with them. They said, I said, where are you going? They said, we're on our way to Randolph County. I said, well, that's where I work. (laughs) And they go, yeah, yeah, right. Sure, sure. Uh You know, like they meet this dude in Michigan. Then then when they got here, they go, my God, you do work here. And I said, yes, I do. So we were in there. I was in there with a lady named Cag. That's her name, K-A-G. And Allison was out in the hallway while Cag and I were in there, okay? And she had these headphones on, and she was repeating what was coming across on her headphones. Mm -hmm. Okay? I don't know what that's called, but it's called something. Yeah. And Cag is blonde, Okay. And in the jail cell, I actually have a picture, but it's not on this phone. It's on my other phone of someone in the window out from outside. Oh, okay. But and that's Kag, the third floor, right? Second floor. Okay. Yeah. You could say from the basement, first floor, okay. second oh. floor. But, uh, Cag and I were in the cell sitting on the bunk and Allison yelled at what came across her headphones, blonde bitch. Oh, and Cag was blonde. Yeah. Oh my and God. another one was ass, asshole, uh-huh. which was me. Oh. <laughs> so, and a few other things. And she said, Tim. Oh. And that just really freaked Cag out yeah. because that's my name. So there is stuff in the jail cell. Okay. I don't know whether it's residual from being in yeah, Winchester at the jail or out here. Yeah. Because that's how I was thinking, like the stone tape theory where the energy is put, put into objects. Yeah. And, you know, having an original cell and having it transplanted out here, yeah. out here, you know, the spirits that are in here may be curious about that or the pure spirits that were in that jail may be curious about the building. Yeah. You know, you don't know. And just interesting that they put it on that floor because it just seems like it would be so heavy. Like, why wouldn't they put it in the basement? <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> put but on, it you know, was upstairs. put up there. It's on the men's side. Yeah. So I imagine it was closer for them to just put the men in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there was too many women that were put in there. Yep. So I don't know, but won't be to me tonight. Not in the drunk tank tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll yeah. be in the tank, but I won't be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, walking through here, I'm just looking at the history and about how many spirits are in this building. It's just was, amazing. Um, Was there at any time like, overcrowding or overpopulation? During World War One and World War Two, every room in this place had someone in it. Oh, okay. 
Everybody. Mm-hmm. And during World War One and World War Two, a lot of widows were put out here because if their husband was killed in the war, mm-hmm. the bank would foreclose on their house and they would have oh. nowhere to go. Oh. So that was, you know, that stuff was going on back then, too. You know, they would get, you know, they would kick the widows out, you know, and they would have nowhere to go. So this is where they would come. Hmm. Okay. And in our graveyard, out of 51 people that from here that are buried out there, most of them are widows. Okay. Because no one claimed the bodies Mm -hmm. and they were put out there in Mm -hmm. pauper graves. And I hear that you're working on a uh, monument for them. That's awesome. I have out of 1,202 people that were residents out here, we have over 50, we have 51 people that are confirmed died here and are buried out there. Okay. Over 200 people died here. So, but we do know of 51 people that are out there and I have every name of everybody that died that's out there. Mm-hmm. And I am making something so that it will be mounted out there so that everybody's not forgotten. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Cause I, I go to cemeteries a lot and I just walk through and if I see the name on a plaque, I speak it out loud because it's bringing them back. Yeah. You know, I, and I know Jen's heard this a million times, okay. but I always say there's three phases of death. There's your physical death when you die. The death when they put you in the ground and the last time someone says your name. And the You're people that forgotten. Yeah, the yeah. people that are out in that cemetery right out what hundred yards from here, nobody knows. Yeah. But and, Tim. <laughs> but Tim. And, uh, me, Dan, mm-hmm. Ted, Rich, Kate, we all we know that they're out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I got it we we found out where it was at uh-huh. and I got it marked with each corner with a fence. And I put flowers out there for them. Yeah. They're fake, but they're flowers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Nice. And they got solar lights. So the lights will come on right now when it's dark. That's cool. There's four of them out there. So you know where it's at in the dark. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, thanks well, a lot for coming on. Uh, we're going to get up and we're going to start ghost hunting. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to cool. go see what's We'll all let about. you know what happens. Uh, listeners, we're going to turn the recorder off now, but. In a few minutes, you'll hear what happened to us tonight. Yeah, stay tuned. And we'll uh, tell you all the spooky stories. Yeah, but Tim, we really (laughs) appreciate what you do here at Randolph and for the paranormal community. That's that's amazing, brother. Thank you. And if anybody's out there looking to do a ghost hunt here. And he picks on me because I'm short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I don't uh, love it. Just I'm short too, and she's even shorter. <laughs> she's a foot shorter. Than I know. It's awesome. I'm a hobbit. <laughs> no, but, but uh, what's the website so that everybody can get on and check it out? Saving it? the old properties. Okay, is our website. So yeah, or just go to Randolph's. Or just Facebook go to Randolph's page. our Facebook page. You know, you can go mm-hmm. check out all of our places. And I will let you know if you and I'll even get a hold of you guys. Because it's on my Facebook. I will be letting you know when we're having the the Roaring Twenties yes, party. Yes, I want to know about that. And the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. And if you're homophobic, don't come. <laughs> <laughs> you might see Joe in a gold speed or um, <laughs> Hey, I dress up like Eddie. I do not get in a bustier <laughs> fishnets. You don't want to see that. <laughs> well, thanks All again. Right. And we will see you in... Two months, is it? Michigan yeah, Paracon. Michigan Paracon. Uh, we will have a table up there, yes. And, uh, you know, 
if you don't do anything and you're bored, you come sit at my table so I can go up and do things. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we will be up at Michigan Paracon. And, you know, we are about opening up the school now for investigations. Oh, okay. wonderful. We have right now opened up as the asylum, the mansion, the, uh, the jail, plus the old speakeasy. You can get into that. And we are going to be opening up the school now. So wonderful, great. So that's just a plug for saving the Heck old yeah. properties. That's Heck right. yeah, and that's that's <clears throat> what it's all about. That's yep. why we do this stuff to keep the memories alive of all these buildings yeah, and for future generations, mm-hmm. right? Yep, can't forget. All right, well, let's get at it. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. Amazing interview, Joe. He's cool. Yeah, it he was is really really a good accommodating. Guy. And. For sure. uh, you know, we met him originally at Michigan Paracon, and he was just so, he was like the talk of the show. Yeah. <laughs> he was so outgoing, and, and you know, it, it, he's the type of person now, I don't know if this is rude to say or that, but at first you're like, who's this guy? But then after you know him for five minutes, you're like, who's this guy? Right. You know? <laughs> uh, Tim's great. But, you know, here's the interesting part. So Joe and I were invited to come and go hunt with Black Swamp Paranormal, who we go hunt with a lot. They mm-hmm. are very gracious to invite us along because we're just tag-alongs, right? We're like, we want to go. Let me go with you. <gasps> Let's go. You know, we always have a good time and, and get to investigate. So we started off after we took the tour. So it took us about an hour and a half to take the tour of the entire building. Yeah. And, and it's not as big as some of the places that we've been in, which is nice because mm-hmm. then you don't feel like you're lost and where am I at? But it did take an hour and a half to get through, you know, and he went through all of the different floors and and locations and basements and, you know, sorry, hit the mic. What part was your favorite part, Joe? I think the attic. Yeah. The attic was very active for me. Um, I know that you were up there with me also, and Rhonda was with us. Mm -hmm. And she, she's a psychic, and she sensed a lot of people up there. Mm -hmm. Now, it's strange because... Tim said that they have weddings up there in the attic. So it's one of the places where I don't know what happened during the time that it was open. I don't know if it was a common place or if it was just an attic. Mm-hmm. But we got a lot of activity. We sat up there, and off in the distance, I could see lights, red lights lighting up behind our equipment, around mm-hmm. our equipment. Okay, so as we were sitting there, you could see the light on the REM pod. You could see the light on a K2, and then... She had one of those bears that lights up like a REM pod, and that light was on. We keep kept seeing red lights blinking on and off around the equipment, mm-hmm. which I thought was very odd because, you know, we talk about orbs, but those are visible orbs. Yeah, it was interesting because all three of us saw the same thing. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, I didn't say anything to anybody else because I was thought, oh, maybe my eyes are just playing tricks on me. Because you know how you look at a light yeah. and then you look away and you can see mm-hmm. it somewhere else? And I kept doing that, but that wouldn't happen. And then we saw... A couple of times, a light flash over to the right. Where and this attic is huge. So, yeah. like, how tall do you think that ceiling is? The center part is probably thirty feet. Yeah, and, and it's then like it's in the shape of a, yeah, it's in the shape of a cross. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting about halfway down the the middle shaft of the cross. Mm-hmm. We we're facing the cross part. Off to the right, in the little nook, we kept seeing these white lights. Yeah, it was really odd. Mm-hmm. It was very odd because. There wasn't, you know, it's brick, so there there wasn't like gaps in the in the wood or anything that you could see outside. And there wasn't really much traffic. And no going windows by. up there. 
Nope. Yeah, it's a very rural. The only area. place <laughs> that light could come through is the cupola, cop- yeah. whatever you call it. Cupola. But, cupola. but light wasn't coming through there. We were seeing white lights light up on the side. We were seeing the red lights blinking on and off. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the, the equipment never went off. But yet there were lights next to the equipment yeah, blinking on and off. Weird. Uh, now, when we were in the attic, there there used to be a judge who went to the infirmary because he had no place to go. He had no family and no place to go. After he retired, he went to live there. He would hold mock trials up in that back part, back where our equipment was. So I'm wondering if maybe that was some residual energy mm-hmm. over in that area. Then that's where we were getting mostly activity. Yeah. Um, we saw shadow figures up there. Mm-hmm. I saw a white shadow figure that went from where his desk would be up in the cross area. Mm-hmm. It would be the left cross. And I saw a white shadow go all the way from there all the way past us on my left. That's so interesting. Not just, you know, where it just blinked in, but it mm-hmm. there was a shadow and it was white that went past me. Ooh, spooky. Yeah. Just that spooky, I think spooky. the attic was the most active place that I encountered. I swear I heard voices up there. I'm like I'm, It sounded like to me like you know, like background noise when you're watching a TV show and they have like, like chatter in the background. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounded like to me, like, like a big huge room full of people. Yeah, and that's why I wonder what 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 went on in that space when they had it open. Don't know. Yeah, it was almost like it would be big enough for a dance hall. Yeah, could have been. Could have been, because been. they did have activities there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I liked just the the rooms like. I think it would have been considered the second floor where there was actually like the places that cells, I guess you would call them. And I was walking through and I just had the creepiest feeling. Now, you always have to go with your instincts, right? Like, and it felt like somebody was rushing up to the doorway. And I literally jumped about uh, two feet over because it felt like somebody was running up on me. And there was nobody. I in saw that you room. jump, and you were like, <laughs> "Somebody just came out of this room, or something." Yeah, it was really, really weird sensation because, you know, you had you had that feeling like if somebody's standing behind you, or you know, like you're gonna bump into somebody mm-hmm. around a corner or something. It was just like that, and I <laughs> literally jumped sideways. <laughs> I was scared then. <laughs> and of course, I'm in the back. Everybody's like up in front of me, and I'm in the last person in line. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I like being the last person in line. And that was during the tour. Yeah. Yeah. Scared me. And, you know, we've said it many times when activity happens, is when you're really not expecting it. Yeah. During the tour, you wouldn't think there'd be any activity, but maybe that's when they're active because there is a tour going by and they want to get their attention. Sure your attention or try to scare you mm-hmm. you know like don't come in my space one of the other rooms that i thought i got a very weird feeling in is there's a room in the basement where a woman hung herself she i and i cannot remember tim told us but i can't remember what her job was in the place but she ended up going back to her room and requested a broom and she put the broom up in the pipes and actually hung herself for some reason uh, and she wasn't found for a day or so. That's terrible. And I got some creepy vibes in that room. Uh, I didn't have anything happen. I didn't see shadow figures or my equipment didn't go off. I just felt really weird in that room. And I usually don't feel weird in places. Yeah. You're like the 
anti-ghost magnet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another room. Okay, so the first room that Joe and I and Rhonda investigated, we all went in there together, was really interesting. So it's kind of, um, I don't know, maybe a 30 foot by 10 foot room. Mm-hmm. It's in the basement and it used to be where they would prepare meals for the kitchen. So that it was a lot of like, you know, butchering and, and cu- cutting up a meat and and like that, there was this giant original butcher's block in there. I mean, this thing was huge. It must have weighed a thousand pounds, yeah. right? And that was sitting in there. And But also inside of there was a refrigerator. Now, this refrigerator isn't like what you would normally think of. It's like a big wooden box with mm-hmm. like three shelves. It was like the, fr- I think it was one of the very first refrigerated units yeah. in Indiana. That's what he was saying. It's one, it's the original unit. Yeah. And um, the interesting part, though, is when we walked in that room and Rhonda's sensing people coming in and out. So she's like, there's a man just walked in. Okay, he's walking out. There's a woman that walked in and he's walking out. So Mm -hmm. these could have been like residual people like that was their job. They were come in and get the meat and and go down to the kitchen or, you know, somebody coming in, checking on, you know, the progress or whatever. One of the interesting things about that room is when they had a cholera epidemic, Multiple people were passing away in droves. They stacked the bodies up in that room. Mm-hmm. Like, what did they say? Four like foot. Four foot high of bodies, just like stacking them up in mm-hmm. there, right? And then they also used that refrigerated unit to store a couple people who had passed away. Now, they had three people in there at one time dead. I was using Joe's ovulus. And, you know, it was making some conversation, but all of a sudden it was just like everything started falling in line. I was asking, like, who's here? Who was in there? It was said, Robert. I was like, interesting. And I said, where are you? And it said, cube. Yeah. And this thing looks like a giant cube, right? But uh, that was really interesting because it it just seemed like it was being direct with its answers instead of just, like, you know, throwing out random words. And then what with Rhonda seeing and sensing the, the people coming in and out, one man, she said, was very angry, and I don't know what the vibe of the woman was who came in, but mm-hmm. it, it was interesting. You know, when you go something with a psychic medium, she tells yeah. you everything that's going on, right? Like, I do like in? the idea that you said about the residual, that they were just doing their daily jobs coming in and out mm-hmm. of that room, and she was saying, oh, someone just walked in, someone just walked out, and... It was just them doing their jobs. But when we were in there, and okay, so we had kind of gone in there right when the sun was setting. So there was still a little bit of light. Mm -hmm. And then we were in there long enough until it got dark. Once it got dark, did you notice like the shadow figures in the hallway? I didn't see any. I saw one. Okay. And then I heard a little something out there, like rattle or I don't know if it was a door handle or something. Mm -hmm. And I went went out. There's nobody down there. Everybody else was upstairs or up in the attic. Or in the other areas, so I thought that was very interesting. There was a lot because I thought somebody walked by. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's you know, Shatan just walked by or whatever. That's what I was going to say. There. <laughs> there was a that place has a lot of noise. Yeah, bangs, knocks, you know, sounds, voices in the hallway, stuff like that. I know when we were upstairs in the common room, there's like uh, chapels at the end and then at the mm-hmm. other end they're common rooms. But we were up in the common room and we kept hearing banging on the walls. Yeah. Like somebody was hitting the walls and we didn't get any like response from it. You know, we're like, try that again. Mm-hmm. It was just random. Yeah. Sounded like somebody was pounding on the walls. Well, 
don't you think if somebody is in an asylum and maybe they were banging their head on the wall, maybe they were just, you know, like that's what they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all day long, so-and-so <laughs> bangs on the walls. It's just sad, yeah. you know. You don't want to have to do that for eternity in the afterlife, but it is what it is. So one other really interesting thing that happened, this happened through the walk in the walkthrough and it was still daylight out. The group was to the right of me. It was myself and John from Black Swamp Paranormal. And we were in the common room and we were walking out of the common room. Now you guys were all down the hall, turning the hall and going down the steps, right? And her door slam behind us. Okay. Behind John and I. And I was like, You hear that door slam? And he's like, Oh, that's Tim. He probably just shut a door, and I said, well, Tim's all the way down there. Yeah. There was nobody back there, and the door slammed. And that's one thing, like, in the interview, how Tim mentioned about when he first went there, all the doors were slamming. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why I say, the place was full of noise. Yeah. It was very active. Mm-hmm. Very active. You know, and I didn't even get to get in most of the places. That, you I, know, we were... I wanted to go out to the slaughterhouse. Yeah. I wanted to do the cemetery and that, but I didn't make it out there because we were so busy getting up in the attic and stuff. Yeah, it's almost like a two-nighter. Yeah. Like, you would almost have to be there two nights well, the to thing is get too, to everything. What's nice about this place is you can get there at 6 and leave at 10 in the morning. I know. I didn't know that. I didn't either. And they have beds there, guys. So, like, if you want to spend the night or you want to, like, take a little rest and then go back to ghost hunting. Which or, I wish I would have known because I, I would have done that. I know. We didn't know. <laughs> we should have. Well, the thing is... It, it's on the website, right? I just wanted to go in kind of blind, yeah, right? So I didn't really look into the history as until I got there mm-hmm. or, you know, because I just wanted to kind of just like see what it is. And I didn't want to feel or listen to the stories of every what everybody else had experienced until I experienced for myself or yeah. whatever. That's just me. You it's guys can do whatever me. you want. Because <laughs> I knew that we were going to interview Tim and I wanted to kind of go in blind because... It was an asylum. I wanted, I, yeah. I wanted to go in blind so that I didn't. You weren't. But I didn't want to know the stories before I went in because I wanted to be spontaneous. Yeah, I know what you're trying yeah. to say. But I did walk out to the chicken coop. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's a story behind the chicken coop. There was a caretaker, or I'm sorry, there was a guy who was sent there. Yeah. Um, his family thought that he was mentally challenged and so they sent him to the poor farm workhouse his job was to take care of the chickens so there's a stone chicken coop well it's like part stone part wood chicken coop on the property and it's, it's pretty big you know it's probably size of like a, a garage but with a like a shorter flat roof and um he was there for over 60 years um, he ended up passing away but he is very active in that in that room and you can walk in there and you can feel like somebody's yeah. in there. It, it's still like a dirty, nasty chicken coop, right? <laughs> you don't want to spend a whole lot of time in there without a mask on because, you know, but there are no chickens there. They're all gone. But that was interesting because mm-hmm. it was like, it was still like the sun was setting. Oh my gosh. I wish everybody could have seen the sun was setting. It was bright red. I mean like candy apple red. It was so beautiful, just the way the sun was coming down. It was, like, just so deep red. I don't know. It just, whoops, <laughs> hit the mic. Uh, so, it, you know, it was just, like, one of those perfect summer evenings. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too hot and it wasn't too cold. And I thought the temperature in there was really comfortable. Cause it was. we've been in some, like, super sweaty hot boxes and yeah, also we freezing cold locations. So Up in the attic was fine. I mean, I didn't yeah. sweat or that, but 
I didn't get out to the you can on the property. You're allowed to go into the barn. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to go in the other house that's there. You're allowed to go in the chicken coop. Out to, you know, you got pretty much free reign in the place. But I didn't make it to any of those. Yeah. Yeah. We just you run out of time. Like you're so busy and it was so mm-hmm. active and you just yeah you can't you can't be in all the locations. But I if you guys have the money, do a two day air. Well, you, you know? almost don't have to in a way because you're allowed. From six at night till ten in the morning, yeah, that's you true. can go. That's true. You just gotta block your time off. I don't know. Like the cemetery was very interesting. Like it just felt like hollow ground. I didn't want, you know. I was like, I don't know. It just. I didn't walk in the cemetery itself. I walked up to it. I did, and I didn't realize. It. I'm like, I don't want to walk over people. <laughs> I think that's disrespectful, right? But yeah. they're probably like, who cares? We're not there. We're up in heaven. That's right. <laughs> There was one other weird feeling. So, like, there was, like, this, co- like, common area where, like, the staircases, and that's where you check in. And there's a little parlor to the to the right that you can sit in. And then there's this other hallway that you can go down, and it's, like, goes down. I think just has, like, cells or whatever. Yeah, little rooms don't, that you live in. don't know, but I just had the weirdest feeling. Like, like everybody, like, some of the group was outside. Some of them were in the little um, staging area where you can put all your equipment and snacks and stuff. And then I was open that door to go to the other door to go outside, be on the kitchen, and it just felt so creepy in there. I did not want to be in there by myself. Mm -hmm. That's the feeling I had, and I, like, literally ran outside. It felt like somebody was right behind me. I was like, But that just might be because I get scared. (laughs) Well, I had a weird thing happen to me, too, where, okay, the space where we put all our equipment, Mm -hmm. and then there's a door that leads into the kitchen. Well, there's a little pantry in between the two, but it leads into the kitchen. So when I walked in, I put our ghost box in the kitchen, thinking that's where we were going to set all our equipment. And I found everybody in the other room. So I used that door to go into the kitchen. Yeah. I come back. I, we did our thing. We set. I set up the microphones for Tim. And I looked down. And there's two tables in front of that door. And I'm like, Ooh. how long have them tables been there? And everybody's like, they've been there all night. I said, <laughs> I walked through that door. <laughs> and I'm like, how did I walk through that door with those tables in the way? And I'm, get, I'm starting to freak out going, did I have a time slip moment or something? Maybe. But. Tim's like, oh, no, I just put those there. I'm like, oh, ah, okay. <laughs> debunked. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. But we had a great time. Uh, we want to thank Tim for the interview. Uh, we want to thank John and Nadine from Black Swamp Paranormal t- inviting us to go there. Uh, we're definitely going to go back. It's definitely some place that I think is very active. It's diff- Like I said, it's different than other asylums mm-hmm. because I don't think a lot of bad stuff went on there. There was... A few bad things. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, you know, tragic things. Tragic. Yeah, yeah. tragedies. Um, the guy that was pushed out the window. There was a woman that was pregnant at 12. Yeah. A lot of stories. Yeah. A lot of stories. You guys go there and, and you'll hear them mm-hmm. all. But no, um, definitely, guys, check out their website. You know, Tim uh, gave you the website. If not, we'll link it on our Facebook page. You yeah, guys can check it show out. Notes. Or just Google Randolph Infirmary, you'll find it. Um, but no, it was a, it was a really cool place. I I liked I liked it. Oh, and thanks to the Goodwill in in Winchester because I got found a bunch of bargains there <laughs> that I'm gonna resell on my Poshmark site. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys are looking for any kind of high end clothing at super low prices, yeah, look up Jen's Poshmark page. That's H A P P I E twenty two twenty two at poshmark.com uh yeah something like that 
Anyways. Stan <laughs> <laughs> will put the link in the show notes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thanks a lot for listening this week. Uh, stay tuned for next week for another Asylum. It's yeah, be fun. so this is our four-part series on Asylums. This is show two. Show two of four. Next two of four. But hey, stay crazy, everybody. All right. We love it. Talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. Yes. Let's leave with Listeners. Shadow of a Thin Man. Bye. Dead in five. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.